Hello and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gabe. So a few weeks back, Gabe, you and I were talking about ChatGPT. And actually, when that podcast came out, we called it ChatGPTeach. Because the question was, what do you do as a teacher with a tool that can basically write essays? That was, that was the topic. A tool that uh, intellectually can, can do anything, it seemed, and anything way better than we humans can do. And the question was, what, what do we even have to learn for anymore? If it can write for us, if it can think for us, what's the point? Yeah. It's... One of the questions that came up in that talk with Lucas was, what can't it do? What, what, what differentiates the human brain from that artificial intelligence? What cannot jet GPT do or anything like chat gpt yeah so if you're an instructor out there or if you're a student or if you're at university right now like about a dozen people are right outside our studio here hello everybody and welcome to the university of bonn um a big question <laughs> is what would you not be able to do with these tools and i thought that was going to be an open-ended question that we didn't have the answer to until it turned out that a guy named eric schultz down in tubingen germany together with his team at the max planck institute answered exactly that. Science Unscripted. Hello, my name is Eric Schultz. I'm a researcher at the Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics in Tübingen. I'm originally a cognitive scientist, but recently me and my team, we started turning our lens to chat software, for example, ChatGPT, uh, to understand how it ticks. So Eric, one thing we haven't been able to address on this show, on Science Unscripted, is what chat gpt and other software like it what it can't do you looked into that what, what, what's one thing the software cannot do there are a couple of things it can't do but one thing for sure it cannot do is to do causal reasoning we did a bunch of causal reasoning tasks and it's really not so good at it what is yeah what does that mean so that means if you're trying to figure out if a switch can turn on a light and you have a couple of switches you can reason about what happens if i put on this switch to the light that you see and with just some uh, trial and errors, you can figure out, ah, it's this switch that turns on that light. GPT-3 is not really good at this at all, whereas humans, already small humans, like one-year-olds, can do this fairly easily. And what, does mean? what is the significance of that, that this software cannot do that? Well, causal reasoning is important everywhere, right? From medical diagnosis to reasoning about others, you always want to know why someone did something or why something happened. And if it can't do that, then, you know, it really cannot do much in the actual world. And so for a, a normal user out there, I mean, a lot of our listeners have probably tried ChatGPT out or other software like it at this point. Um, where, where would they encounter that lack of causal reasoning? What would they try to ask it to do? And then they'd figure out, ooh, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> you can, for example, uh, uh, try to ask it, okay, what happens? Uh, so... Yeah, if you ask it to reason about something like a counterfactual, so what could have happened if I had asked you another question? GPT-3 normally doesn't get this right. Uh, it can get it right in very simple cases. But if you tell it, okay, uh, imagine I imagine a user would have asked another question, what would you have said? Frequently, it doesn't get this uh, right at all. And yeah, this I think this is a big problem. Okay, so it can't do cause and effect. What else can it not do? Uh, it can't really do exploration, so seeking out things that it's uncertain about. So if you look at kids, kids can do this fairly easily, right? If they uh, if they don't know something, they will ask you about it, or they will approach something, a new object. Uh, GPT-3 is very passive. It doesn't really explore at all. It just passively takes in what's, your, what's it has been fed, 
and then uses that information to produce the next token. So it's not really curious at all. And I, I think that's a big difference to, you know, how humans learn. We actively engage with the world. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, now that you say that, it, so you're right. It never asks me a question. Hey, Connor, why did you, <laughs> why did you want to know that? That's the kind of thing. It yeah, ne- exactly. It never does. Yeah. yeah, like a normal conversation means means not only responding to a question that you've been asked, but also to ask for clarification or to try to understand where is this person coming from? What exactly do they want me to say? Or, or what is the what is the actual cause of them engaging with me? Hmm. And, and that CPT3 is not quite there yet. Yeah, and that, that kind of fits in with it not having its own uh, objective sense of what it's talking about. Like if I asked it, who's your favorite golfer? I'm assuming that it wouldn't be able to, it wouldn't be able to tell me that because it doesn't yeah, have no, those I kinds of... Yeah, I think it can. Actually, we tried this. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, this is not in the research per se, but privately I have tried this. If you ask it this quest, these questions, because it's been trained on basically most of the internet, it gives you very bland answers like, you know favorite musician is the most popular musician out there or something like that yeah so i actually think uh, like an updated turing test could be to not only engage with an engine like this but to also uh, and think that it's human but also to find the engine interesting you know that you would want to engage with them again meet with them again Uh, and (laughs) that is something that you know you won't get out of these um of these agents at the moment at least this kind of software has passed the Turing test, right? The the idea that it can trick us human beings into thinking it's human? Yeah, but it has in that sense that it can trick some people. But the Turing test, it has a lot of weaknesses. So um, there was already software many years ago called ELISA that was much, much more simple than uh, GPT-3. And there already people thought that it's, um, you know, that it's another human. So I think people are very easy to trick in that sense. But what we have started is to say, okay, could it fool an expert, for example, a cognitive scientist or psychologist, into thinking, okay, the responses that I'm getting from this agent really look like a human subject in our experiments, and that it uh, and there it certainly at the moment can't fool us fully. Um, so we have done a bunch of psychological tasks with this agent, and that's where exactly we found that it doesn't explore like humans explore, and it can't reason causally like humans reason causally. And I think it has a long way to go to fool us, uh, cognitive scientists. I guess that is the central question right there. What, what, what is still lacking? Is it just the causal reasoning and the ability to, to explore? Are those the two things that it would need to become more well, human? Or what else, what else is missing? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff missing, missing. If you think about how, so if you just reason about how it is trained, right? Uh, it is really just trained to, given a sentence, predict which next word will come. Right, and if you train it on a lot of data, then it becomes quite powerful at this to the point where it actually creates really meaningful content. But it's only been trained passively to always predict the next word. It never really engages actively with the context, with the actual words that it receives. It doesn't go out into the world and interact with other people, with other agents. It's uh, it doesn't it doesn't really actively engage with anything in that sense. And I think uh, yeah, to improve it, it really would have to do that. And people are starting this now, right? They, it, they are trying to make it learn from feedback from human users and so on. But it's still in its infancy in that sense. Google has recently introduced its own version of this chat GPT called BARD. But I think something like six months ago now, we talked on this show. Actually, we read some of the manuscript from 
a conversation a Google engineer had with software that was called Lambda. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, did you have a chance to read that? And did you, would that have passed some more of your criteria as a cognitive psychologist for something that is even closer to passing the full Turing test with a cognitive psychologist because that Lambda software, when I read it... It was so self-aware. Self-aware, and it was asking questions. It yeah. was inquisitive. It was, it was different. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is certain... So no one doubts that the technology there has come quite far and that it can really... Um, it can converse with you in a way that you think is meaningful. That is very nice. But I think if you read the conversation it had with uh, that Lemoine, I think, Lemoine, uh, uh, the, the engineer of Google, you can also see that a lot of the questions he was asking was already presuming that the engine uh, kind of is another human, right? And if you start out with that, it's kind of you're looking, you're going to find what you are looking for uh, from the beginning. So I think for me, that just shows it has some kind of intelligence. You know, it can converse with people but it might be lacking still a lot of other things. Why did you do this exactly? And I guess that question is connected to another one, which is, do you want to find out that software is capable of tricking you, an expert, a cognitive psychologist, making you believe it's real? Is that, would that make you happy or upset? I, <laughs> I, so I, I did this because uh, it has been trained on so much data before that any particular psychological text that you would give it, like just a verbal description, likely was already in its training set. It has seen just so much. So then if it gets that particular question right, you wouldn't necessarily know, did it get it right because it reasoned correctly or because it had seen it before. So then I thought, what about just generating tasks? So generating them using programs. So now it's clear that there is no way in the universe that this thing has ever seen this particular task. Can it get it right, yes or no? And then some of these tasks, it can get it right. So that was certainly surprising, not really upsetting, but definitely surprising. But in other tasks, it just doesn't get it right at all. And my goal is to find out what are the areas in which it generally gets things right and what are the areas in which it needs improvement because then we can go out there and actually try to teach it to be better in the areas where it's still lacking. And yes, my ultimate goal is that these agents become uh, as good as us or maybe even better. Why, why is that your goal? Because I think it's a huge chance for humanity if you can multiply our knowledge and the way that we discover things via these agents, we can really discover all sorts of things from you know, physics to medicine yeah, to like really ask and answer the fundamental questions of why we are here and what exactly is the is behind everything. Yeah, I think it's a huge chance for all of us. Wait, hold on. Did I understand you correctly there? That this kind of software is going to answer the question of why we're here? Maybe not this particular kind of software, but yes, I imagine that uh, uh, versions of this in the future that have been trained correctly and have these abilities that it's currently lacking can help us, for example, doing science. I imagine a science lab like I have it right now where some of my, the members of my lab are humans and some of them are agents. And then the agents can discover things and describe it to me. And the humans can discover things and describe it to the agents. And uh, what these agents can do that we cannot do is they can read thousands and thousands of papers in just a very short time and come up maybe with questions that are interesting to investigate, do this experiment and tell me, okay, this worked. Uh, you know, this is really how, you know, in my case, how the brain works or how cognition works. 
but maybe in physics, you know, this is how, I don't know, quantum theory uh, works. So, yeah, I think they, in the future, we might much more interact with these uh, agents on a daily level. <laughs> and that was Eric Schultz talking to us from the Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics in Tübingen here in Germany. Yeah, right. In an interview where we wanted to know from him what uh, chat GPT and, and other software like it can't do. He then, of course, says at the end that it will ultimately answer the question. Well, so this this is why... I mean, come on, Eric. Well, no, but this is why I guess we keep going back to this topic on the show. Anyone who really thinks this all the way out comes to some pretty unsettling conclusions. It's just, it's that big, this topic, this software, what it could potentially do. I mean, what he's essentially saying is, what I imagined kind of comically, ridiculously, is the idea of the Nobel Prize in chemistry in the year 20, I don't know, 54, mm -hmm. going to software. Or the what would it be, the developers of that software? Because that software figured out something at the, you know, in, in fundamental chemistry. Yeah. And then, and then once that has happened, that that award goes to, to a machine, then it will never, ever go to a human ever again. Right. And then what That's is, it. And then what's the award? The awards for the best programmer? of artificially intelligent software. But again, if it's answering questions that are that we have been asking for thousands of years and haven't been able to answer, who cares maybe? Or can we can't we accept that? Can't we can't we um, yeah, but we're like a dog running around in circles chasing its tail, chasing constantly asking these questions over and over generation and generation. Is that are we now finally past that? Have we finally gotten our tail? If or stop, we, we, we just, we don't have to ask them anymore? Is that a I, good thing? I mean, just, well, just imagine if, if, if it were solved, the Big Bang, how it happened, why, why was it there in the first place? Why this Im immensely dense dot? Where did that come from? If, if that was solved, as was the end of the universe, it completely explained. We, we know now. You, yeah, well, you don't and want why that. We, yeah, I do. And why we, as, as these biological beings walking around a relatively warm planet with like an atmosphere 100 kilometers thick, if, if that all made perfect sense, then, hey, thanks for answering it, software. You know, that's solved. But what then more, but do you, what do you go and do next? Uh, quantum mechanics, still very, very mysterious. Uh, sources of, of power that we can't really imagine yet, even though we're looking at fusion at the moment. What else is, you know, these things that would so immensely empower humanity that it might, yeah, ultimately dwarf us. That's the, what is it, the Damocles sword that he was referencing there with that, with that, uh, his example about the knife. That was cool, yeah. I, what, I, what is nice, though, because it would possibly um, free people of the, the fear of death. Oh, I don't, I don't know if that's ever gone away. Especially if... Well, if you well, know what it's all about... Then, I, I then don't. I don't know how many people could. I, I think it's more likely for people, me that that's what it would. That's what it would solve if, if that if if I knew why I'm here. If if the behavior, then of, I guess I wouldn't care. Of a pair mm. of billionaires is any indication? I think quite a few people would be inclined to use the software to figure out how can I keep this this slowly degrading organism of mine um, young and vigorous and fresh so that I live basically forever. Yeah. Anyways. Like you said, Gabe, 
<laughs> what chat GPT can't do and we end up here. So interesting <laughs> that it's, yeah, this is chat GPT three or the other ver- uh, iterations, the other versions coming out from other companies. It feels like on a weekly basis and partially prematurely as mm. some of the allegations imply. But they're here, and they keep coming, and they're going to keep improving. And it is interesting to know what they can't do now, because they sure can do a lot. Yeah, if you got any questions, don't ask us. Just type them in a chat. <laughs> <laughs> ChatGPT will be way better. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>